Welcome to Manifesting with Meg, Conversations with Extraordinary People. This is a podcast that is inspirational based upon my book, The Magical Guide to Bliss, that takes the listeners through the year with empowering conversations. Starting from January and Carpe Diem sees the day to December, awe-inspiring magic and miracles. Time to sit back and relax as these extraordinary people, my guests, share their wisdom so that you too can elevate your life. It's time to discover more bliss, get intentional, and start to transform your dreams into reality. It's time to come alive because the world needs more people who wake up and come alive to the possibilities for their own life. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Manifesting with Meg, Conversations with Extraordinary People. Today, I have an amazing, amazing guest, Cheryl Crowder. She is a part of my episode 119, Light Up the World. This is our season six, Empowered Through Service. And what more important time right now for this theme, Light Up the World, and in service to that, our conversation today is going to be one of transformation, dreams, possibility, true happiness, and discovering bliss. Remember, we're always just a conversation away from extraordinary, and it's time to wake up to a universe packed with possibility. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today. Certainly, one of my favorite things in life is to meet people one-on-one, so I get to have that wonderful experience of knowing you in real life, IRL. And I want to introduce (laughs) everyone to you in a moment, but I definitely want everyone to set an intention today. And with that intention, there is this wonderful quote that I have been playing over and over in my mind. And it's rather than cursing the darkness, light a candle. And I see all around me the pain and suffering of many. At the same time, I see the light seekers and those who hold that flame of love abright so that we don't forget that the energy of love is more powerful than anything. So that is my intention. I invite everyone to join me and get intentional today. And at the end of the interview, we'll certainly turn back around and ask Cheryl what her beautiful intention is and match that with the magical guide to bliss. So you guys know the drill. And before we begin, I get to introduce you to the beauty of Cheryl. She's an existentialist humanistic psychotherapist, an MFT with over 40 years of experience in the field of depth psychology and human consciousness. With her background in theater arts, working with performing artists, definitely a woman after my own heart, visual artists and creative people. She's been inspired and she inspires others as well. She works with people who have been diagnosed with cancer and other life-threatening illnesses, their partners, family members, and caregivers. And she's published two books on cancer at this point, Surviving the Storm. It's a workbook for telling your cancer story and psychosocial care of cancer survivors, a clinician's guide and workbook for providing wholehearted care which I really do believe when you care for someone, you have to care for the whole being too. And I know that she does as well. And she also wrote a book called her, or her most recent book and where we must pass, is called Odyssey of Ashes, a memoir of love, loss and letting go. It's a She Writes Press book, 2021. It was released in July of 2021. And that's where we crossed paths initially. She's a contributor to the art in the time of unbearable crisis. Women writers respond to the call and a contributor to loss and grief, personal stories of doctors and other healthcare professionals. She was given the Distinguished Public Service Award by the American Psychosocial Oncology Society in 2022. And I have to say, I am truly honored to share this space with you this morning. How are you, Cheryl? I'm good, Meg, thank you so much. And it's really good to be in conversation with you. Yeah, it's great to see you again. It's really great to see you. And I think that this crackling noise just means that I need to stop talking as much and let you take the stage because you must have a really beautiful message to share with everyone today and probably with me. Usually that is the case. Usually that is the case. If I can't shut myself up, then technology generally does. But I do, I do, I like to laugh at myself a lot too. I learn a lot as I go on and, you know, certainly showing up perfectionist 
that I am. It's another opportunity for me to sit back in whatever that is that I need to be here for today. So I love your energy. Like I said before, this is season six, Empowered Through Service. And I love today's theme in Magical Guide to Bliss. One second, we're gonna put that up there and I'm gonna take down our beautiful picture of us together. And I want to read it to all of you and then ask for your thoughts. It's a William Shakespeare quote. How far that little candle throws his beams, so shines a good deed in a weary world. And it's from the Merchant of Venice. And then this is the part where I found that really resonated for today. Your little light is going to shine, shine, shine. Pass on that spark that resides in you so that you can share the glow. In a world filled with many who are frustrated and angry, be the one who does the good deed and share your goodness. For sure, have faith that when you need a little assistance in return, it will come back around. At the end of the day, you can rest easy that you've contributed to the, to the great karmic circle of love that is needed in an otherwise wary world. And the magical key, choose to be a light in the world. So I turn to you. What are your thoughts on this, Cheryl? Well, for, I first want to say that I love this book. I have it at my place at the breakfast table where oh, I, I can look in the morning and see, you know, give myself a little inspiration or intention. It's really interesting, you know, how intuitive this is, how you pick up the book and say, oh my gosh, this is exactly, or open it up just randomly, which I'm fond of, you know, rather, rather oh, than following it. the dates, I'm just going to open this randomly and see what I get. And so I, I just want to say that I think it's a beautiful book and a beautiful guide for people. And, you know, on my thoughts on, on light, you know, I, I do see myself as someone who has a tremendous commitment to holding light for other people. Mm. And my commitment to that has shaped my entire life in many, many ways. Um, and, you know, I'm always about like, well, what is the takeaway? What What is it that, you know, I'm here to offer people? What What is the need in the moment? So, however, you know, this, you've got to also pay attention to your own light. And mm. I tell you something, I have never worked so hard as um, basically over the last maybe six, seven years with all that's gone on, all that continues to go on. And I was in a, in a meditation online because it was the pandemic with, mm. with Jack Cornfield, who's one of my, my wonderful that. teachers who I love so much and has been that. such a presence in my life for now, uh, so, well, since 1984, so a long time. Hmm. And, you know, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm faint, you know, my little light, my little light is feeling a little dim here. So he said something really beautiful to me. And I, I think this is important for all of us who are here to hold light for others. It's like, you know, we are not here to hold it all. Hmm. And so how do we like give that, you know, back to a higher higher sense. So beside me, I have a, a statue of Kuan Yin, the goddess of oh. compassion, who works with me. And so I, I, I realized, you know, at the end of a day or during a time, I have to like give up that light to the higher light and then bring that in to take care of myself. So I want to offer that to people because it's so important to remember, oh, yeah, oh, you know, I also have have a need to to replenish and to hold light. Um, Wow. I also I also believe strongly that that we choose our worldviews, you know. And I realize I say that from a place of someone, particularly in the world today, who has the privilege to actually have mm -hmm. that level of choice. And so I honor that, and I I'm, I want to acknowledge that I have that privilege to to choose, uh, to choose light, to choose that I turn my gaze on what I deeply believe is that people want to be the best they can be. I, I deeply believe it, and it's something that really feeds me, particularly in times when it seems like lights are low. So, mm. so yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about Kuan Yin. I, I have these beautiful cards that I absolutely love, but you, you use, you use her image. I love the fact that they say today is the day of the divine feminine. And yeah. we've talked about that before. Tell me a little bit what that means to you, if you may. Sure. I've been in I've been in touch with the divine feminine for I don't know I'm thinking back to a women's group that I did that I I wanted to have it be on the divine feminine and we worked with ritual as well as process so we brought in different rituals during the year the solstice the equinox 
all the different what they call the hinges of the year to work and there was all the divine feminine so i began exploring it this is about the time that women who run with the wolves came out which i loved so much and like the rise of the feminine which got so buried and which i think is trying really trying to rise again but you know as you and i were acknowledging before we went on meg it's like the the feminine is power of love and receptivity mm -hmm. and that level of power i think needs to be acknowledged as the true power that it's not about i mean sometimes you know there needs there's yin and yang and yeah. they're both important and sometimes yeah. we need to do this and we need to move in the world in a very steady and determined way but sometimes we need to receive and then take from that deep place within us, what we have received and move, what I like to call from in to out. Mm, I love that. For me, the most powerful movement comes from deep within and then moves out. There's a, there's a, you know, wonderful as within, so without. That is sounds to me a lot like what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I, I do believe you need to make yourself at peace before you could hope for peace to exist in the world because mm -hmm. at our core we're interconnected and i yeah. and i do believe that you and i regardless of how far i know that you're in a different state but we are so incredibly connected tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about how you see that as we engage with people during this time so yeah. we can hold that light which is really yeah. challenging it's really challenging well i i agree i think that it's all about relationship and it is all about how we connect with one another. And then what happens is that all these sort of defenses, all these sort of beliefs, all these sort of ideas get in the way and block us from just being, you know, who we are with one another. It's interesting this morning I saw, a, you know, the artist Banksy, who I love street art. I love all that stuff so much. That's and awesome. I don't know if you've seen the Banksy picture that I don't know where it is, but it showed up on Facebook. And it's, you know, the back is like uh, an, a, an Israeli child facing a Palestinian child oh, looking that. at each other. Yeah. And there's just the way that yeah, I, I don't want to make it like it's all of being a child, but there's an innocence mm -hmm. and there's an openness. So how to keep the heart open, right? Yeah. Oh. You know, that's the, that's really challenging to keep the heart open. Particularly, I mean, compassion is one thing with people you love. It's really easy. I mean, it's like people think that's compassion. Well, <laughs> not so much. You know, it's like you have to kind of practice with like, let me try someone really challenging and work with compassion. Yeah. That's That's a practice that I find really helps open the heart. That's that's absolutely beautiful. And I know a lot of us in our own homes, we have a lot of turmoil. And, and in, yeah. that, in that way, like I say, the same thing is if you want to be the change you wish to see, you have to start with yourself. And the reality is, is that start from a place of love, recognizing that you are. And we say this all the time in, psych, in positive psych is that you have the permission to be human mm -hmm. at the same time. You have to start. Don't go numb. Wake up. Yeah, yeah, wake up. Yeah. yeah. You know, Rumi's quote: "Don't go back to sleep." If we, yeah. if we can wake up those who seek good in this world to actually mm -hmm. step up toward it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think that this, the beautiful change has already begun. Mm -hmm. I, I see yes. you, and I see what you're doing, especially coming from what you've gone through in your own personal life. So tell me a little bit about your journey to get to where you are today. You have a beautiful story. You know, that's such an incredible question. And when I was, you know, reflecting on it, it was like, wow, <laughs> you know, where, where do I even, where do I even begin? Yeah. Um, but, but um, you know, for me, I've always been, um, how would I say? I don't think I knew it was intuitive, but I always loved as a child. I loved fairies. I believed in them. I still do. I, I loved you. <laughs> I knew I loved you. I knew it. And uh, I was in the Pacific Northwest. I would wander. You know, these were the days when kids could wander around. We had a lot of freedom. Oh, yeah. Who knows what we were up to? Thank God. And uh, I would wander around in the forest and the whole rainforest all by myself as a child. 
And there's a magical quality, I think, that I never lost. To me, the journey has a lot of people, there's, there's a juncture in life right around eight or nine when people lose magical thinking and become mm -hmm. like, all right, it's logic, it's, you know, it's one and one is always two and et cetera, et cetera. And I think part of my journey has meant, has been that I have never lost magical thinking sometimes for better or for worse. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I, I think most people are better. And, and then, you know, through the, um, you know, a lot of physical, I've, I've had a very bad breast cancer. Um, my father had Parkinson's disease going through that with him. Um, you know, my, my husband died, you know, as the death record said in the span of five minutes, which was really probably the largest trauma I have yet experienced just going through all that. And then I, you know, I, I have continued to work with people in a really deep way. And that's been a huge gift on my journey. I mean, the people, oh, the people who have trusted me with the depth of their stories, you know, it's very moving to me. And I'm, I'm, I've been really blessed with that, you know? And, and as it's interesting, cause you're kind of like a, a keeper of stories really, you know, and the way you tell a story and I want to put your last book up here, tell me about how you decided to write this book. It's Odyssey of Ashes, a memoir of love, loss and letting go. Right. Well, you know, I, I did not intend to write a memoir. <laughs> That's the last thing on my, on my radar, but um, it is the story. Um, actually, it's about my husband who was an avid fly fisher and I, I would go with him and every, he worked for, um, well, he did work, he volunteered for an organization called Casting for Recovery, a beautiful uh, organization for breast cancer that offers uh, fly fishing retreats for free for women. Yeah. I was lucky to be a participant. They take you to a beautiful river. They, they treat you like just, you know, you don't, you don't even lift a finger. It's just, oh, and they have what they call river helpers. These are fly fishers who come to the river to, to help the women because they discovered that the casting motion was really good for lymphedema and recovery from, from breast cancer surgeries and mastectomies. So every year they have this um, uh, raffle and it's always for a trip for two, a fly fishing float trip for two down one of the mighty rivers of the world. And John entered it every year. So he entered it and then in 2016 and I was actually on a hike in Lake Tahoe with some friends of mine and my stupid cell phone rang and I, why am I having this on the trail and so I silenced it and oh, I'm sorry get back to the car and it's it's actually the woman who's the coordinator who was a friend of John's and I know also and lo and behold this year um, she had decided to put his ticket into the hopper and she drew out his name and so he had won <laughs> after all these years. So they offered it to me. And I took this really as, as a, a sign. It's like, oh, there's something here that I need to do. So it, it's, it's the story of me going on this odyssey up to, you know, it starts with his death, but it's really the story of me going on this odyssey up to the Madison River um, where I scatter his ashes as he had wanted by, a, a you know, a this is not a trout. So this is like a mighty river. Yeah. And, um, so there's a lot of humor in it. Um, I, I end up in an incredible storm that turns out to bring the Northern lights, which I have been fortunate both times in Montana have been able to be present for the Northern lights. Wow. So, um, yeah, so there I was out in the storm, you know, and the, the, the it's everything is going up. It's a maelstrom, you know, and birds are flying. And so it's, um, and then it's sort of like, okay, the aftermath, because in grief, in loss, there's that initial, and then you know what life goes on. Yeah. And I think this is, this can be very hard for people because, oh, well, it's been years, you know, what's, how come you still feel this? Or like, there's some crazy message that you get over. Mm. I mean, you move beyond and you transform you don't get over losing someone in, in your, I mean, they're, they're with you, but that's also can be kind of glib. Like, well, but no, they're not, you know, <laughs> you know I hear you. but so it's, it's transformative and it's interesting. I, I, um, I have felt him, him actually, I felt John recently in a very different way. He was also quite a spiritual person and extremely intuitive and very perceptive. So there's a way in which our relationship is now transforming into kind of a, 
interesting thing. I, I can tell you this because you'll you'll be able to have this. The other day, I'm struggling getting my earrings. Of course, I'm running like mad trying to get out of the house after I've meditated. <laughs> Go completely crazy. And I look down and underneath where my earrings are, I look and there's this little this little stone. Oh, I thought, did I drop an earring? So I pick it up and it's a little piece of rose. It's a little rose quartz stone, a beautiful little oh, rose quartz cool. stone. And I'm like, where did this come from? And I felt like, okay, because that's the rose quartz is symbol of love. Mm -hmm. So okay. I picked it up and put it in a precious place. And these sorts of little signs happen throughout after his death. And this is the latest one. I thought, oh, thank you. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh I get goosebumps. And the reality is, is that that is how I see the signs now is, mm -hmm. you know, the way they speak to us. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking maybe this like, Crackling is him trying to break through to our feet and share the conversation. <laughs> but I want to be here, me. I don't want to be talking. You, you sit down. You have no idea. I'll tell you what's going on. Let me tell yeah. you what happened on the other side. But, yeah, yeah. You know, profoundly, what you're saying makes an incredible sense that, you know, you don't let go of the grief. It just changes. And, and mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we judge ourselves for not doing it the right way, <laughs> whatever the right way is, right? right. I, well, like there is a right way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that, you know, I think that has a lot to do with, you know, being the light of the world is honoring your authentic self, however you show up. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, you know, I always say this is one of my favorite things of the show is that I ask for inspirations from other people mm -hmm. to kind of show me where they get their strength as well. And mm -hmm. these are yours. And 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 I mm -hmm. and I found it so incredibly interesting. Can you read them? Sure. Okay. Sometimes it takes darkness and aloneness to learn that anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. David White. It's one of my favorite quotes. Oh, it's actually ah. my quote of the year. Um, I have each year I have a, and I put it and I have this big old school appointment book. And every year I have my quote of the year, my intention of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is this is 2023 for me, although I've loved this quote forever. Yeah. And um, I, I think it so speaks to how you can know if you need to move. Because if you're feeling, you know, you're just feeling kind of deadened. It's not mm -hmm. whether this be work, whether it be relationship. We have these yeah. ideas that somehow longevity is the measure of some kind of success, whatever success is. Yeah. Uh, I wrote recently on, you know, the meaning of success. I think we really need to turn that upside down on its head and and look at like, you know, I'm just like, oh, I need to I need to do this. Yeah. So, yeah. But even, even thinking about your own circle of influence and where you show up in the world and how you show up in the world and even your own part in maybe minimizing someone else because of your own insecurities, I'll turn it around, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too becomes a kind of wake-up call that, yeah. like, once again, back to what I said initially, you know, sometimes you need to take that go within and show up differently on the outside to start to see a different unfold. I think probably I would take sometimes, I think that's probably always what, what needs to happen. And, and, you know, this, what I also love about this quote is, you know, darkness and aloneness, which we can, you know, we can take that as a negative. Yeah. And I, I've taken off negative and positive in terms of emotions, in terms of experiences. I just think that's limiting and it doesn't really allow for uh, the creativity of what could be called the dark side, the creativity of lone aloneness yeah. um, that then grows into light. And, and so with with others, uh, I really hope that I sit with them and say, you know, don't don't judge where you are. Let's let's see this territory and let's travel together through it and see, for, for, number one, where you are. I love that. You know. I do believe that the shame component is poison. I think oh. it really does block any healing that could possibly happen. But I think, I think yeah, it blocks everything, you know, and it's, it's, I think it's actually the hardest emotion to be with. Mm. And when I sit with shame in a room, 
And of course, I've worked with my own shame too in my life. Mm -hmm. I, I feel, you know, I can see, you know, it's every so often a little remnant, but I've done a lot of work on it. So it doesn't, it doesn't, po I love that poison me, or, but, but to sit in a room and, and, you know, when the shame is like dripping off the walls, like, whoo, you yeah. know, that, that's big. That's yeah. big. Oh, yeah. I, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. And then it takes me to this one I, try something different, surrender. Okay. If you're experiencing something like this, yeah. Wow. So tell me what your thoughts are on this. Well, this is my really what I feel as I move, start to move out of, of this year. This is okay. Here we have the next. I remember when we were at the, the um, writing experience in Santa Fe and uh, I think it was Lisa Luca. Yeah. We had those little interviews. Okay. Yeah. What's, what's your next, uh, you know, what's your next goal? And I was like, this came out of me. So I'm going to take it to the next level. I, I still am not quite sure what that means, but I think we're looking at this, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, the visual for everyone who's on the podcast, it's a, a barren tree where the leaves have all fallen. And, uh, I, I think a lot of the ways the visuals speak loud with regard to these yeah, kind of yeah. Tell me what you think about that. I, I, I saw this and I immediately wanted to ask you. Yeah. Well, to me, it's there's a starkness to it. Um, and yet, you know, leaves fall off. Mm. And that's very transformative. We see it as like, oh, well, you know, the, that's, that's the end. But no, it's mm. like, okay, those leaves are done. They're blowing in the wind now, but there's something about, I, I can respond very much to sort of a real, like, like stark, like, okay, bam, there's not a lot of fuss. There's not a lot of muss, not a lot of gush, gush, gush. So to me, I really like the power. It feels very powerful to yeah. me. Like, you know what? And also for me, uh, and it's interesting, I'm looking at it now. I hadn't thought about this, but now it's coming to me, you know, I'm older, <laughs> To put it, I'm sort of giving myself a little break there, and so you know, I'm kind of this. This this is probably the last chapter that I'm in now, however long that goes. So there's something here. I think as I look, it's like you know, this is an old tree. This is a tree that you know has been through storms. This is a tree that's lost its leaves many, many times, but the leaves come back. But so there's something here as I'm looking right now about the power of where I am just in terms of my age and, and this phase of my life, you know? Oh, wow. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that until and that, that just came to me right now looking at it. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. And you're still trying something different. <laughs> you're still doing that, which I think is empowering. Like you said, it's a powerful image and it's mm -hmm. something that reminds everyone, as long as we're alive, we still have an opportunity to surrender to life, which is really the beauty and gift. And then, yeah. of course, read this one for us, please. Your beautiful book. Oh, this is my book, Surviving the Storm, a workbook for telling your cancer story. This grew out of my own cancer diagnosis when um, I had a very aggressive triple negative breast cancer. I'm really so grateful to be here. And I was trying to find, for me, uh, more of a meaningful way to process it. And, you know, there were support groups there were psychoeducation groups. There was a lot available, and and those were all fine, but they just weren't doing it for me. So then I said to myself, "Well, well, then I guess you have to write this book." I love it. So uh, it it is a workbook, and it's it is based on my own foundational work, which is existential humanistic, which really looks at authenticity and genuineness, and and you know, like what is your path? What do you think? How are you processing? Not like this is what I'm going to tell you. And this is how it's going to go. And it took quite a while to uh, find a publisher for this book. I went here, there, and everywhere and finally found one uh, at Oxford University Press, uh, the editor, Andrea Noblock, who I owe such a great gratitude to, who said, yeah, I'm looking for this. And so this book and then the second book for clinicians grew out of that. And from there, I know I, I never know where this book is going to show up. Every so often I hear, oh, yeah, I was in my group in Kansas City. And we op they opened up this book. And every so often I hear, like, this book got me through. And so I don't know. I just send this book into the world and hope that it 
you know, it goes where it needs to go. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think it's kind of like my magical guide to bliss. I think we meet each other there, you know, and offer yeah. a tool for healing where perhaps people need some guidance to do so. Yeah. That's what helped me. I mean, that's what it sounds like. It helped you. That's how yes. you survived the storm. Yes. Yes. And I always survive storms by helping others. Oh. And, um, you know, saying, I just feel like people need to tell their stories. Mm. And we need an opportunity and sometimes just a framework. I would be in like big groups or lectures and people would say, any questions? And then people would say, and they would just, oh, but here's what happened to me. And oh, here's what happened to me. And I was like, wow, there is such a need yeah. to tell stories. Because people pay attention to stories. You know, really, we forget facts. Who can remember a, a damn password half the time? A phone number. But, yeah. you know, I'm going to remember, and then I'm blessed with, you know, a really good memory. My consultation group lives in fear that I will lose my memory because <laughs> I remember everyone's stories and all that, but I re you remember the stories they touch you and that's, we were touched by stories, you know? Yeah. And it also is something, a component of they matter. You matter. Your story mm -hmm. matters. Your life your story, matters. Your story matters. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah, people and then, feel like, Oh, some, you know, this tragedy happened or other people have it worse. And I was just like, you know, that doesn't matter. That's, that's not your story. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah. And then also to shine a light, like we're back to the light, shining a light yeah. on another person to have that opportunity mm -hmm. to share the beauty of their story is, yeah. is yeah. really freeing. Yeah. I think it's yeah. really giving that person permission to step into the world and honor who they are. And I love that you were talking about the authenticity and you bring that to the fore. How did you get involved in this particular area of psychotherapy? Well, I was a graduate, I was a starving graduate student in the, in the, mid 70s 1970s back in the day <laughs> and i was writing my my master's thesis and i stumbled about uh, upon a book in the library called the search for authenticity by james bujital and i literally <laughs> i had no money to buy this book so i literally would go that those the copy machine i would go to the copy machine mm. i copied the whole book throughout time so that i could take it with me and I wrote a lot of my thesis around this, uh, his, his work, his foundational work. And then about, let's see, about five years later, I'm in a meditation. It was the first meditation group that Jack Cornfield did in Marin County before Spirit Rock came into being. There were 10 wow. people there. Wow. Somebody's living room. I don't know whose house I was at. And I'm sitting next to this man and we're going around and he introduces himself and it's James Bugenthal. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I didn't tell, I, I thought I better not tell him to read his book. I said, yeah. I wrote my thesis and oh my God, this is amazing and da da da. And then about two years later, one of my dearest friends, my, my sister friend, calls me up and says, hey, look, you know, we're in this consultation group with Jim Bugenthal and one person's leaving. Do you want to join? I said, are you kidding me? Oh so God. I began working with him as a mentor at that point. Oh, are you kidding me? As a mentor for like, I think it was about 14 years. And that core group, actually, we're meeting later tonight. We still, we still are a core group that meet um, to, wow. to do his work. So that's that's how I came to that. And of course, Irvin Yalom uh, is another uh, great teacher, uh, group psychotherapy. Um, so this was a school of therapy that came into being and and changed, you know, sort of that real that really old school psychoanalytic. Uh, Beautiful. Oh my God. Just listening to you and the synchronicities, how yeah. amazing. It's just, yeah. yeah. if I ever doubt, right? If I ever doubt, I'm always reminded. I'm always reminded, as long as you pay attention to what's happening on your stage of life, this is what you can find. Yeah. And of course, this, yeah. last, this last quote, I, I love it. So go ahead, read it for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, th this one, um, thanks for putting the graphic. It's gorgeous. Uh, this is in... In my book, Odyssey of Ashes, uh, this, I think, uh, is uh, very representative of that journey for me. And, um, you know, what, where it brought me, where it still brings me. And, um, you know, and you're right, continuing, no matter, no matter where you are in life, that in listening deeply, both to self and others, you, you transform, you, it just... It's just the way it goes, you know. Can you read it out loud for us? Sure. 
if you listen carefully at the end, you'll be someone else. And it's from the Mahabharata. Mm -hmm. Who is the Mahabharata? That is a, uh, uh, it's an Indian philosophy. You know, it's like this whole long stories of, of you know, Hindu, Ind Indian. I, I'm not a Hindu. I, I practice Buddhism. So, but, but it's, um, they, it's a, the whole story, you know, stories of the, of the, the, gods and the goddesses and all that so that's the mahabharata yeah wow. i love it spiritual text yeah it's a spiritual the gods text. and the goddesses i love it <laughs> i um yeah no i love those are stories that are passed on yeah, yeah, yeah. for centuries and yeah. yes exactly. they're the beneficiary of those stories and yeah. how beautiful that is and so now here we are in this wonderful crazy, challenging, scary time of life. And I keep saying life is a beautiful adventure. Life is a beautiful adventure. But it comes with, like you said, there's no negative or positive connotation, the pain, you know, the contrasts, mm -hmm. the joy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that we are able to manifest the life of our dreams. Mm -hmm. How do you do that with all mm -hmm. of what you've gone through up until this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I'm a pretty determined person. <laughs> so there's that. Um, I have learned to trust my intuition. I now know that if I don't pay attention to what is I intuitively sense, it, it never goes well. Hmm. So I will trust even when I feel oftentimes when I feel like I, I'm kind of dragged kicking and screaming, you know, I don't want to go to this thing. I don't want to do this, but it's like you need to go. So I would say that I, I think also for me, uh, I am a deeply curious person hmm. and I value curiosity and just being open to, all, you know, Oh, look at this again. I guess maybe that's that magical innocence again. Yeah. You know, I, I'm very curious. Um, I also really like people. And I mean, I, I better considering what I do. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so, and uh, so I think those are the things that my meditation practice um, is, is very foundational to me. Uh, so, yeah. Well, let me ask you something. Who, who, other than the quotes, obviously, that you've shared and these wonderful teachers that you've had, who's inspired you to show up as this beautiful force of nature that you are? Mm -hmm. That was such a beautiful question. And, you know, the first person that came was my husband, uh, who loved that I was powerful. I was really fortunate to be with a man who loved powerful women, yeah. who never ever once stood in the path of what I ever wanted to do, supported it, encouraged it, always saw oftentimes what I couldn't see. Wow. So that was a great gift. And so I think I have to give that to him. He really, you know, kind of gave that, grew me and helped me grow into the woman that I am. Uh, so he came first. And then of course the man I just mentioned, Jim Bugenthal, clearly my mentor, uh, someone who also saw me um i would say some certainly um my advisor way back when in in uh, my master's program who when everyone around me seemed more powerful basically said you know who's the dark horse in this group i love it Everyone's like, he says he is southern he's from texas you know the dark horse is sheer Oh, that's great. That's going to show up. And I'm like, wow. So he, Charlie Merrill shows up. Um, certainly dear friends, colleagues. And I also have to say the people that I have worked with, my clients, my students, my trainees, the people I've supervised, the people I've who have consulted with me, who have, um, I, I hope I have taught and given them as much as they have to me. So the, that's, that's, a, a you know, I'm really fortunate. I have a really good, good group, you know, and some of the writing teachers, I would say certainly uh, Brooke Warner shows up there. Um, and one of my early writing teachers, Diane De Prima, an old beat poet who was irascible and wonderful. And, irascible. I love that. I love yeah, that. <laughs> and really her thing was you got to write raw. Oh, 
Oh, I love it. And I really like just go, you know, just go, go right for it. Don't put all this stuff around it. Wow. What a great, right raw. I love it. Just show up. I love it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. So at the beginning of our interview, we all set our intentions. Uh What was your intention today? And then what number in the magical guide to bliss did you choose? I chose number seven. And my intention was to hold the light lightly and with an open heart for the whole world. What a beautiful intention. Do you have the magical guide that you can read from? What, what? Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. I also want to say, speaking of stories, and we moved on a little quickly, I want to acknowledge and honor your story that you wrote about, you know, doing your, your, the, the Camino butterfly awakenings and how you told your own beautiful story. Um, so I want to acknowledge your story and how beautifully you told it in that book. I really do appreciate that coming from you. I, which I hold you on a, on a, uh, you know, I hold you on a high stand (laughs) because I, so now I go to number seven. What do I do? Uh, here we have, so you go to page seven, page seven. There we go. It's on page seven. Oh, this is great. Shall I read it? Read it then? Whatever parts. That's page page seven. Remember, life in is life is an adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because of our routines, we forget that life is an ongoing adventure. Oh, Maya Angelou, mm-hmm. American author, poet, dancer, actress, and singer. Uh, we have all been blessed with the gift of life. Sometimes caught up in our daily boy. This is perfect. Uh, as usual, our daily routine. We forget what a precarious and rare blessing this actually is. There is magic in the synchronistic timing that brought our souls into this physical existence. There is magic in the moment we took our first breath and then cried out to the world that we are here. There is magic as we realize that we have gained knowledge from our great journey, becoming everything we are meant to be. From this positive perspective, when we look around and behold those accompanying those accompany us on our way, we can be grateful for what is in store. From this positive vantage point, when we connect with those placed on our path to bring us comfort, wisdom, or perhaps some small act of kindness, we acknowledge the blessings of the shared experience. Mm. We are here for just a short time. Yeah. We must remember to seize each and every opportunity. The present moment offers so much more than we can imagine as we simply open our eyes and welcome what is right before us. Breaking out of routines, taking chances, and becoming conscious of life's magic and miracles. When we start to think outside the box, we become open to the beauty that changes us for the better. And then we can come alive and participate in new adventures, grabbing others to join us on our way. Magical key to bliss. Take a magical ride, rent a movie that inspires you. Oh, I love that. That's great. Wow. How perfect, Meg. Yeah, how perfect for our connection today, too. Oh, you know, I, I wanted to say, you know, one of the things that I love about my life that once I decided to step into the authenticity that I believe where I'm supposed to be or or I'm listening to my intuitive self mm-hmm. and I get to meet people like you, <laughs> I I do I do um, stand in gratitude. Yeah, and I know this is. You remind me a lot of my mom, the force, the intelligence, the beauty, the gift of listening, the love of learning. And I think I said that to you when I met you. I just said, she was beautiful and I see that in you. So I honestly, at this point in time, I couldn't think of a better person to have this conversation with today. Because sometimes our lights dim, like we said at the outset. Yeah. And sometimes you need to grab the hand of another who's shining brightly so that we can portal up in Spanish, I'm saying, I don't even know why. We can enrich ourselves or empower ourselves mm-hmm. to do what we came here to do, become the best version of ourselves. Yeah. So I, I sit here in my manifesting journey and I want to thank you. Hmm. And truly, I wonder if you could share with us before we get to the inspiration part. What for you 
is a tool that you might want to share with people who are really hurting right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would give them that breath of release, surrender. Yeah. 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 Well, I think you mentioned breath, and that is one of the most healing places I want to show. I want to show them. I want to show something. I want this is a very healing tool in these times. Put one hand over your, and then the other, and then just press lightly and breathe and feel how you can hold your own heart in in a safe place. And with love and just just holding and breathing into that wow that's very powerful yeah isn't that yeah it's, it's very, very powerful. powerful so that's what i want to share as, as a place how how you you know the world has never guaranteed us safety so that's our own and so this is how you can make yourself feel like in my in my place i can make myself as safe as possible and, and back to what we were talking about before to even begin making yourself at peace mm -hmm. by feeling what makes you breathe and makes you gives you life your heart yeah 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 beautiful mm -hmm. so i hate to wrap this up i'm loving this so I would love maybe in a conversation in the future again, where we can get into the, the nuts and bolts of your beautiful book. But I, I learn so much through other people's opportunity to inspire me. And I always ask, and it's a huge gift to, to me and whoever listens, what is your inspiration today that we can walk this world with? Mm. Well, I feel inspired actually by you and I being here. And so it brings me to relationship, like we keep coming back to and how, you know, you and I got to have this time together, very connected. I don't even feel like, I feel like we're, we're like in the same room and we're connecting with each other and we're being with each other. And, and that inspires me. And I feel like, you know, to tell, you know, look over in your, in your life and today, find someone just sit with them. Just so you don't have to say much, but if you want to tell your story and just, you know, just be with, be with those people in your life and connect. Wow. Yeah. That, what, that is probably one of the best things that we could do with each other is instead mm -hmm. of withdrawing, mm -hmm. engage. Mm -hmm. I love that Cheryl. And, and I, I do, I love you and I love what you bring to the, the table Tell us where we can find you. Where do you speak and where do you show up in this world? Please. <laughs> well, you can come to my offices where I'm usually <laughs> day after day. Yeah. Uh, I'm, my website is CherylCrowther.com. Can you spell that for us for people yeah. on the podcast? C-H-E-R-Y-L-K-R-A-U-T-E-R.com. Uh, I usually try and update it. It has all the books. Um, it has, uh, you know, places that I've, I've spoken and podcasts. Well, it'll have this once this, you know, yeah. and uh, it has things that I've done and things that, you know, will come up. I'm currently, um, you know, working on fiction. So uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that's my new, that's my new edge. So that's where you can find me. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm in San Francisco area. So um, yeah. Okay. So for sure. So everyone can get in touch with Cheryl that way. I want to remind everyone that a good deed can certainly go a long way. And thank you for doing this good deed with me by having this conversation, bringing your extraordinariness to the table and sharing it with my audience. I, it's really sharing it with me. <laughs> it's so selfful. I, 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 you know, I felt a heaviness these days. Mm. And for me, you know, I, I battle with the, I need to show up to inspire others, uh -huh, uh -huh. but we forget that we need to fill our cup too. And yeah, I thank yeah. you for that. I do. I thank uh, you very uh, much for that. Well, I so appreciate you having me and, and opening up your beautiful heart and having this wonderful time together. Thank, thank you. you. So yeah. with that, I want to remind everybody to go find Cheryl at www.cherylcrowder.com. And I also want to remind everybody that we have an opportunity in the darkness to be the light in this world. So I ask all of you 
engage someone from a place of love, reach out, sit, have a coffee, enjoy, hug each other, be the love we wish to see in the world so that those who are suffering may feel that ripple effect, hopefully from far away. And I want to remind everybody also that Cheryl is also on Facebook. You can connect with her there. Please get her books. I'm going to put them up in the feed. We have her beautiful Odyssey of Ashes. And I also want to recommend you also, if those of you who are challenged with uh, a diagnosis of, of cancer, I would, I would say surviving the storm is a great place to begin so that you can turn your story from one of survival into thriving. Mm -hmm. And I, I imagine that Cheryl's also open to discussing or talking about that as well. Mm -hmm. and I just want to remind everybody, we're the deliberate creators of our lives. Dream big, get inspired and get ready to manifest your dreams. We are here to serve each other in this October, especially the month of Empowered Through Service. And I give you the last word, Cheryl. I just want to wish everyone in the whole, you know, this, this is in my meditation every morning. I always say, may all beings seen and unseen be free from suffering. Beautiful. I'm going to leave it with that. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and from my heart to yours and to all of you. Spread the love. I love you all. Have a great day, everyone. Be kind and be the light. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hi, it's Meg. Thank you for listening to this episode of Manifesting with Meg. If you loved this conversation, be sure to subscribe and share the extraordinary and get your copy of The Magical Guide to Bliss today. See you soon.